Welcome to Out of the Common. We're a brother and sister duo with extravagant goals where we've had to bridge the gap from perceived reality to actuality. I have an early stage mining venture potentially worth many billions, and Vanessa, she's an experienced healer. She connects the spiritual, energetic, and physical pathways within her functional wellness clinic. Join us here every week as we discuss some of life's adventures, current events, and ways in which true healing happens. By experiencing life through a different lens, you may indeed just find the path that's right for you. And that is what we hope to achieve. This is a mining story on gold, God, and spiritual warfare. It's a journey of ultimate faith and absolute insanity. It's my insanity because it's my story. And I hope through the struggles that I present to you, you will continue in your faith or grab onto faith and let God lead you down a path that you maybe have a lot of uncertainty on. Now, I've only told this story to a couple different people in its entirety. There's a lot of things that have happened that, number one, either people think I'm crazy, or two, the information's very risky to let out there. And some of that stuff I won't be able to talk about. But nonetheless, it started about nine and a half years ago. I met an individual who was head of... uh, head of a marketing company. He wasn't head, I'm sorry. He, he was the CFO of a marketing company. He was a very quiet individual, but he was very smart. He was very calculated. And after getting him to open up, he had taken me under his wing almost as a mentor. Now, come to find out this individual had written music for Journey and a lot of 80s hair bands. He had the records on the wall and everything to prove it. I mean, he, he was a very fascinating individual. This guy right now is in prison because of what he did. And he introduced me to a guy in Mexico and another one of his associates that was Mexican-American. And they had a property, a mining claim and a mining opportunity. Now, this was in Chihuahua, Mexico. And this particular property was all copper, but it was in a place that was just not economical to move forward. And let me tell you, I knew nothing about mining when I took on this opportunity. But we work with energy, not these other guys. I do. Vanessa does. My dad does. We grew up that way. So we've used energy to detect things. We've used it for healing. We've used it for a whole bunch of different things. And in this particular instance, I had my dad do some dousing on this property and two other properties that we had opportunities to get down in Mexico. And if you know anything about dousing, it's virtually an ancient method of detection. For lack of a better term, you pair frequencies. So minerals all have a frequency. Gold has a certain frequency, silver, copper, aluminum, zinc, so on. So we were able to detect on the property before even picking up this opportunity, what was actually on the property. And moving forward through the stages of exploration, we had measured and inferred numbers of 33.9 billion, B, billion, just in silver and gold. Now, this didn't include the aluminum, this didn't include the lithium, This did not include the palladium. Now, when people see numbers like this, they start freaking out. Everybody will show their true colors at some point. And when these numbers came out, when all the reports were done, the people running the project, namely the managing member who's now in prison, they started to get greedy. And they started to be secretive. They started to lie. I mean, it does a whole range of horrible things. Money changes people plain and simple. And it changed this guy big time. So to back up a little bit, I had invested and owned a business down in Arizona. I started that in 2010. This opportunity came 2011, 2012. 
And it was an opportunity that provided a long-term investment. Now, it was crazy to think about because it was in Mexico and I knew nothing about mining, nothing at all about mining. The vertical climb was very steep. But these guys I was dealing with, they knew about the business world on a C-level executive position on Fortune 500 companies. That's where their experience was. And so they were extremely manipulative and extremely sneaky at this point. But I was led to this project. And there was only two projects or investments that I've made that in my heart of hearts, I knew were the right thing to do. Why? I wasn't sure. But that was that gut feeling that I had. And so as the years go on, this greed has taken over the managing member, managing partner. We had two properties down there and we actually switched from Chihuahua to Sonora because we gave up that property. Like I said, it just wasn't economical. So we picked up two properties that were right next to one another. And getting a property in Sonora, Mexico is probably one of the hardest things anyone can do. It's the number one gold producing state in Mexico. Mexico's number eight right now, I think, on the list of gold producing countries. And Mexico itself is number one in production in silver. So we're talking about one of the top mining districts in the world. And we have the opportunity to get two properties right next to one another. One's 5,000 acres, the other's 10,000 acres. When we originally set it up, we set it up to have the properties or assets held in, in a company in the United States. Unbeknownst to me or anybody else at this time, I, I like to say it happened overnight because it happened in the dark. Those two properties were transferred to two additional entities in Mexico that only this guy had control of. Nobody else had control of. I was running a different business at the time. I was excited about this opportunity. My degree's in finance. I've made a number of other investments. I've worked on big deals before. This is a wild and crazy idea and adventure. Initially, it was about the money, right? You check your ROI. You check all the financial metrics. That's what I was trained to do. But I'll tell you what, it had absolutely nothing to do with money. And to this day, I can tell you it has absolutely nothing to do with money. But it has everything to do with adventure. It has everything to do with faith. And after six years had gone by, and we're going through the exploration cycle, I'm not getting a lot of information from this guy. He's probably promised 300% of a company at this point. He's telling people he's going to give them this percent or that percent. And he didn't have percentages to give away. But this is how he was playing it. And I took a step back from him to see what he was doing because I had to play his game. He was keeping me arm, arm's length away. He knew I was smart enough to understand what was going on. He didn't want me getting everything. He was dealing with mafia guys in New York. One of them in particular had taken a very well-known mining company public in 2001. And I'm not going to say the name, but this is where the struggles started, really started. Because I called his bluff one day. And by this time, I already had attorneys down in Mexico City that were checking all the paperwork. And so unbeknownst to him, I had taken the property back. It was one that my dad and I confirmed. Not him, not the other guys. They were onto something else. So it was my opportunity. It really was. And it was taken away from me. All the money everybody put in was gone. Like I said, the guy's in prison for embezzling $4.3 million. And that wasn't even on this project. That was in addition. So he just flew under the radar on this and I had to let him. There was nothing I could do. So by the time I got the company back, not the company, the assets back and everything set up in Mexico properly, I was able to move forward, but from square one. Now, do you know what it's like to 
invest X amount of dollars and have everything ripped away from you for nothing that you did, no choice, no action of your own. I mean, it's heartbreaking, especially when there's other individuals involved. And what do you do about that? You dig in and move forward. I really didn't know it at the time because early on, like I said, it was all about the money and what kind of return you're going to get out of this investment and what kind of opportunity you're going to have in the, for the future. But I started getting hit with things that I wasn't even aware of at the time. And I had to learn about spiritual warfare real quickly. I actually ran into and met a lady down there who'll be coming up and spending some time with us here in the near future, but she's decoded the Bible. And there's a lot of people in the government and elsewhere that wanted her information. And so she brought me along. I got to work with her for five or six years on everything that she was doing and, and learn all about it. But this was the time that I was really thrown into scripture. I was forced to. I wasn't forced to in a way against my will. I was forced to because of everything that was going on in my life. There were things that had shown up, whether I was at work, in the night, hotel rooms, and I knew that there was something bigger trying to stop me from moving forward with this project. Now, our spirit recognizes truth. Our brain screws everything up. So when I started studying with this lady, I was so excited about everything I was learning. Nothing I really knew or understood before. A lot of people have asked me, has God always been in your life? I never knew how to answer that initially. But as time went on, the answer is God's always been in my life. I just haven't been in his. And that's true for everybody. God has his hand in everything and leading you down a path. Sometimes we don't know. We don't understand. It, we, we have uncertainty. But this was my chance to go to God. And when you're thrown in the fire and you have no one to call, no one to lean on, it's a scary situation initially. I had to dig so deep, so quick in scripture, books, everything on spiritual warfare. I had to study. I had to fast. I did three different fasts, one for 11, one for 17, and one for 28 days, just water and prayer, all for different reasons, all for different breakthroughs. But the insanity of this project continued. If there was a problem, it would show up. If there was something trying to stop you, it would show up. And spiritual warfare attacks us, attacks our mind. But then our bodies start to fail. It attacks people around you. It attacks blessings for you. It attacks opportunities. It literally attacks everything that's good in your life. For a long time, I, I sat there thinking I was in a corral with every door escape route closed with no way out. I was begging to get to God. I was begging for him to do something. I was begging for a breakthrough. And with the way I was brought up, I didn't understand what it meant to have a relationship with God. Everything I was taught, I wasn't taught it really, but it was ingrained. My whole family goes from point A to point B as fast as you can. They skip the journey in between. So when I have spirits showing up in hotel rooms in Mexico or having out-of-body experiences or being taken somewhere in the middle of the night, my first thought was to get this relationship with God as quick as I could. That's what you're supposed to do, right? No, 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 no. I had no understanding. I got so much information so quickly, thrown into the fire, I, I had no way out. I just wanted to know. I listened to the whole Bible on audio. I ordered book after book after book. I attempted a personal deliverance. I kept seeking and seeking and seeking. But I realized after a while that it was a journey. And it's on God's time. Now, it wasn't only, you know, seeing these things that were affecting me. 
things would show up, spirits would show up in the middle of the night. It would be the middle of summer. I'm about to go to bed and I'm shaking, shivering, freezing as if it's below zero outside. I'm sitting in shorts. But this starts to put stress on everything else in your life. Now, I've risked it all financially, every dollar. I've risked relationships, romantic and friendships, family. So many people turned away, turned their back, would just walk out of my life. So my finances, gone. Relationships, gone. Romantic and personal friendships. Family, a lot of them were gone. And the ones that weren't were having health issues. So my mom passed away three and a half years ago now. But this is in the middle of all this. My dad's kidneys fail. And because of everything I'm going through and the stress I'm under trying to figure out what in the hell is going on with my life and where I'm going, I'm having health issues. I've been to the end of my rope so many times. At least I thought I did. But it wasn't until fairly recent that I was truly, truly at the end of my rope. And when you're put in this situation where there's seemingly no way out, there's only one way to go. And that's to God. The best way I can explain it to you is that I saw a circle. That was me. There was a straight line up and there's another circle and it was God. So I knew for a while the answer was God, but I didn't know how. I had no understanding. I'm just trying to keep myself alive at this point. I've had to deal with cartel. I've had machine guns on me in multiple different situations. I've had to deal with my partner down there getting kidnapped and having to pay a ransom for that. So the stress just never stopped. The challenges never stopped. The struggles never stopped. I had attorneys working for me that would do 80% of their work and they would turn into a different person and they would just stop doing their work. I will say when we were down there, we were doing some research on the property. When we were done, we put up the Virgin Mary, the statue of the Virgin Mary. And now that's a big deal down there. I was brought up in a Catholic household, but the Catholic church is an absolute disaster. And, and that's that's for another time. But the miracle of Guadalupe that happened in 1531 converted so many millions of people to Catholicism or Christianity. And so the, the, the statue of the Virgin Mary or Guadalupe is very prominent to them down there. After we put the statue up, we go home and the next morning, there's footprints the size of a child's in the middle of the driveway. And these are the things that I notice. And I stopped our conversation dead in its tracks to point it out. We talked to the people who poured the concrete. We talked to the neighbors, the other family members, and no one had any idea where they came from because the concrete was laid many years ago. This was at like 8.30 in the morning. By 10.30 in the morning, we're having some coffee and there's a knock on the door. Now I'll tell you, if it's a family member or a friend, they knock and then they come in. So there was a knock and nobody did anything. We all just looked at each other like, who the hell could this be? Because down in Mexico, you're just not sure who's going to be showing up knocking on your door. Trust me. We've had house inspections at 2.30 in the morning. Guns a-blazing. And it's not fun. But this was at 10.30 in the morning. So my partner's wife goes and answers the door. And she comes back just, I don't know, 10 seconds later and says, hey, it's for you. Not me, my partner. He said, who is it? And she, the look on her face is, I have no idea. So he goes there, he goes to the door and I'm sitting there, I'm just praying. So I'm like, I have no idea who it is or what's about to happen. And it was a blind man and he was carrying a statue of Jesus. Now, he didn't obviously drive himself. He had a driver. But what he said was, I'm supposed to give this to you and you'll know what to do with it. And he said he was looking for the guy in the truck, which is 
and what we drove around down there. And he said he had asked permission from the cartel to drive into the area because it's a controlled area. It's in the mountains. That's where all the ugly stuff goes on. So a blind man shows up with a statue of Christ the day after we put the Virgin Mary on the property. So this was just more confirmation for me that there was definitely something spiritual going on. This wasn't, this was far from the only one. So we would get all of our test results and, and we've done it multiple times, but we've had testing anomalies that even the most experienced geologists could not figure out. So you can see the gold, you can see the minerals, you can wash it, you can do it all by hand, like, they, like they've done for hundreds of years, thousands of years. But as soon as you take it to the lab, everything goes haywire. Samples will show up great, and then they won't show up at all. And a couple labs that we took a lot of core samples to, actually, it, it shut down their computer system. The energy was so strong on this property, it was unbelievable. So it kept bringing me back to, if God's in control, why is he allowing all this stuff to happen? Because I couldn't catch a break literally to save my life. We had to send samples from Mexico to a lab in the United States, two boxes. I think it was about 75 pounds. One box showed up full. The second box showed up completely empty. All the samples were gone. And it was all taped up. It was all packaged, almost as if you sent an empty box. No one could figure out that. The shipping company had nothing to say, didn't return the money, actually didn't do anything. And exactly five days later, there's a quad S on a boarding pass. And if you're familiar with quad S, it's the terrorist watch list. So you got to wonder what's going on. Is this just one big coincidence? I mean, what the hell is going on with this property? Why is gold so powerful, so important? I mean, there's wars that have been fought over gold. But historically, gold is God's money. And I know in Revelations, it says gold and silver will be thrown into the streets. Basically, it'll be worthless, absolutely worthless at, at the end times. And if we look at all the wealth and gold the Egyptians had and Solomon had, you can start to understand there's a little bit more to the puzzle. And that's exactly what Cherry, who had been decoding the Bible, had shown me. So part of it revolves around alchemy. And every element in its purest form is gold. And gold is uncorruptible. It can't be changed back. It is. That's the purity of it. Much like God. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uncorruptible. So we're dealing with forces, spiritually and physically, that are literally attacking from every side and doing absolutely everything to stop this from moving forward. It has put me down so many times. It has humbled me to the core. And the reason why is because I kept going towards God. There was no way out. I wasn't letting evil win. I wasn't letting the dark win. I wasn't letting these big companies that are paying off the labs to give us shitty results win. I wasn't going to quit. There's no way I could quit. I tried to quit. I prayed for it to stop. It was so unbearable so many times. And a lot of it was so hard because no one supported me. Everyone seemed to support me when it was just convenient for them. They didn't care about what I said. They didn't, they didn't care. No one believed. No one understood. They, did, they just didn't care. So I'm running around on an island by myself in and out of Mexico for nine and a half years. Money stolen from me. Financial hardships. You name it, it's happened. Investors have come. Everybody's been excited. Everyone walks away. It doesn't walk away. They literally disappear. People that have come to help, whether it's geologists or lab techs, metallurgists, something always happens. 
One guy was brought to the property that had nothing to do with us, and he shouldn't have been there. But he asked to go see the gold. So he he asked some locals to go grab some gold and show him. So they did. They brought it back to him, just a little nugget, put it in his hand, and 10 minutes later, he had a heart attack. So literally everybody that's not looking at this from a spiritual point of view or an energetic point of view has been dismissed from the project completely. Now, with all the stress, with all the health struggles, with all the testing anomalies, it made me question really if I was good enough to have a relationship with God because I was brought up being told that you weren't good enough. And when that gets ingrained in you, you show up in different situations or rather situations show up in your life, opportunities, relationships, and that creeps in and it starts to turn into a self-sabotage if you don't change the programming. So this was the same program I had with my relationship with God initially, actually for a while. It took me quite a while. And it got to a point where I thought my faith was so strong that there was nothing that could shake it. If this is what I was supposed to do, this is what I'm going to do. Not because it has anything to do with money, because God's leading me down this path. So I started to question, eventually, when I got to the end of my rope, if God even exists. And I'll tell you what, that's a damn scary place to be in. Because at that point, nothing else matters. No money, no relationships, no cars, no how, nothing, nothing matters. Your life is void of all hope, everything. And that's damn scary. But when you're looking for direction from someone who's not physically next to you, like we're brought up to, you know, call your friend, talk to your family member. God's there and prayer works and he hears our prayers, but it's not the same as what we've been used to. And if he's sending you on a mission, better believe he's there. I know this sitting here today, that if it wasn't for God, I'd be dead long time ago. Whether it's cartel stuff or spiritual stuff or my health, it is unbelievable to get the clarity to understand how much God's doing in our life every single day. I know it's easy for me to say that now, but going through it, oh my gosh, the questions, the anger, the uncertainty, lack of sleep, literally going crazy trying to find answers and understanding. When I finally got to the end of my rope, like literally hanging on by nails, I had cognitive dissonance so bad, I wasn't even sure what the real reality was anymore. And if I wasn't called to do this, if this wasn't the path I was led down, what in the hell was I sacrificing so much for? I'll tell you, it's God. For what I've endured and what I've went through, there's no amount of money that could overcome that. The only risk that's worth taking is for God. And I came to a point and I told a couple of people that were close to me and I said, listen, when I see this specific thing happen, this instance, I will know it's from God and only from God. There will be no doubt. And when that happens, I will most likely be on my knees crying. And I'll tell you that's exactly what happened. You don't understand this stuff if you haven't gone through it. You can only meet someone at the level in which you've met yourself. I do, however, want you to understand and grasp the fact, fact that if you've been given information, if you feel in your heart that you're supposed to be going down a certain path, then by all means, hold on to it. Doesn't matter what anybody says. Everyone's going to try and tear you down. And when God has a path for you and a purpose for your life, you will get torn down by so many other forces working against you. You have to dig in. Now, the certain something that I was talking about actually happened, and it happened fairly recently. And when that happened, I had an overwhelming peace. I had clarity of the plan ahead. 
I had clarity of what had transpired over the last nine and a half years, the absolute insanity of it all. And I was able to piece together quite a bit. Now, not total clarity, but enough to have overwhelming peace and a renewed patience to watch the plan unfold. Because it's not on our time frame. It's on God's time frame. And you have to understand that. It's very important. Because if you don't, you think you're in control, you lose patience, you force things, you make mistakes. And quite frankly, you'll just keep going through the fire until you start to learn these things and start to give in and give up, not give up, but give it up to God. Let his will be done in your life. Now, we are currently in negotiations to sell this property. We've been given on a silver platter an additional property that's not quite as big, but the results are amazing. They are absolutely incredible. Gold, silver, zinc, and copper at levels that probably many people haven't seen in their life in one of the top mining districts in the world. This literally came out of left field. I was thrown into the fire for nine and a half years. I had risked everything. And you don't know what life is until you've risked it all. You really don't. It is a hell of a place to be in. And now we have amazing new opportunities moving forward. And my faith was tested this whole time. And just when you think nothing's happening, God comes and shows you exactly what's been working in the background. You can't always see him. You can feel him. You can talk to him. But you have to know he's, he's always there. He's keeping you safe. He's walking before you. He's leading every step of the way. When you feel you're about to break, you got to lean in. You have to surrender. Let God take the reins because faith is much more than just a word. Thank you for listening. Join our community at outofthecommon.net and pass along a prayer and positivity today.